session of the Sunday Morning Inspiration Show with me, your host, C. Maria Wall, a.k.a. The Mediator and Shiro, right here at our Ground Zero. We have a full show today, so I want you to get prepared. Once our opening song stops, we are going to jump right into our morning uh Stress relief and release meditation. You need to be in a seated or lying position to start our breathing exercises. So I will see you back here in a few moments. You too can be saying Why do I doing this to myself? Giving my heart to someone else Who can't seem to comprehend And just pretend, just pretend to love me The way that God loves me way that God loves me. Hmm. Ringing in a new day. <laughs> 
As I said prior, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, wherever you are listening in this world. Whether you're listening online over in our show chat room in our call query or at any of our various players throughout the world, thank you so much for being here for another session of the Sunday Morning Inspiration Show. I am C. Maria Wall, and as I said, we're going to jump right into our breathing exercises for stress relief and release because it has been a week for so many of us. For those of you who are new, we always start our show off usually with salutations and greetings, but I'm going to do that after we get done with our breathing exercises this morning. So I need you to be in a lying or seated position because your eyes should be closed for this. So please do not be standing. Don't want anyone to get hurt. We're going to get started. Eyes closed. Let's do our inhale. Now exhale slowly. Inhale. Now exhale slowly. One more time. Inhale. Now exhale slowly. I'd like for you to continue your breathing exercises throughout our programs, with the exception of my diehard students and fans who love to keep notes as we are going along. There's nothing that I can say or do to deter you from doing that. So I thank you so very much for that. But today, as I said, we're going to jump right into our program because we have a lot to cover. Uh, as many of you know, a lot of times my shows may change at the last moment or they could be inspired by things that I have witnessed and or experienced throughout the week. Well, this has been an interesting week for so many people. Uh, I remember earlier part of last week I was saying, oh my gosh, it feels like it's the infamous Friday the 13th all over again, day after day after day. And so many people were sharing the same sentiment. So today, how befitting it is that we are back to our roots fully with the Know Thy Worth series for 2017. This series is to help us prepare for the new year, for whatever may be coming our way, for whatever we have to do to get ourselves together for that. And sometimes we need to understand that some of the things that happen to us, they happen for specific reasons. A lot of times it has to do with what we have gone through in our younger years, in our childhood, things like that. So today is all about starting at the root of the problem and working our way forward. Special shout out to Brother Gene over in our show chat room, along with Guest Zero. I did not know that they could have a Guest Zero, but welcome and thank you so much for being here with us. Guest Zero, if you'd like to take part in our conversation today, you must be logged in under a regular screen name and not as a guest. Or you can give us a call at 646 478 Two six. 
Thank you for being here again. Thank you for those of you I see over in our call query. And, of course, those of you who are listening to us live throughout our various players throughout the Internet. And to those of you who will be listening to the replay. Thank you so much for being here, as always. And uh, our shout-outs, of course, we do this every show. Uh, For last week, our major listening audiences have come from the United States, the United Kingdom, Canada, the Philippines, and Italy. Those round out our top five in a special, special shout-out and honorable mention to Brazil, Australia, and South Africa. Thank you so much for all of your support. My mere words could never express my appreciation fully, but thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And of course, for those of you that are new, the show flows is simply like this. I usually start off with the greetings and salutations. Then we go into our moment of stress relief and release, our breathing exercises. And um, then we begin our lesson for the day. There will be moments of silence. Hopefully they won't be technical problems. Those moments are designed into our program to give you a chance to reflect upon what has been discussed up to that moment so that you can digest it and decide where you can apply it in your lives. And if you know these programs could help others, please share Share, share away. So with that said, let's get started now. You know, this week's program may not be for every single person, every single listener, because too many of us are lost in the pool of brainwashed doctrines manipulated to keep us under control. Let me say that part again. Too many of us are lost in a pool of brainwashed doctrines manipulated to keep us under control. How many have heard the saying, this week it's specific because I said we have to start at ground zero. We have to start at from the time we had come into this world before we knew what we were being born into from that level and move forward. So with that said, let me ask you a question. How many have heard the saying, honor thy mother and thy father and thy days will be long upon the earth, and so on. These types of teaching has, have caused many who were abused and hurt by parents to stay in un- unhealthy situations, then growing up to become adults who remain in the same. So this week, this is what I'm talking about. These are excerpts from some of our main inspirations for this week, Exodus twenty twelve. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. That's the emphasis. Honor thy mother and thy father. You know, when I was growing up, my mother, every time she would mistreat me or, or do something to me, and I'm not talking about just simple things like, you know, you, you, you do something wrong, your parent yells at you or they try to reprimand you. This was something more sinister. And if she thought for one minute that I was going to step to her, first thing out of her mouth was, the Bible say you got to honor your mother and your father. The Bible say, I heard it a million times. I relive it every single day of my life. That was a form of control. It was not until one of my college professors, 
my college English professor, who we had become friends after I was her student, and I was sharing some of the things in my life. She said that that's called religious abuse. I had never thought about it, didn't even think about it, even back in the days of Jim Jones, if you all remember all of that, and Johannesburg and all of that. The bottom line is simple. That was religious abuse. That was mind games, mind control, where he told all of these people, if you ever heard the term, drink the Kool-Aid. Well, that's what happened back then. They were so brainwashed that they believed that they would drink that Kool-Aid and they would all end up someplace else wonderful and better than where they were, Um, which means here on this earth or on this planet. So let me let me, let me understand let me not understand but let me help you to understand that I always say and this is my disclaimer I am not a minister I don't want to be a minister it's not where I feel as though I should be at this point I feel as though my calling is to be right here with you at ground zero right here with you where we are at ground zero I need you to understand that some of the things that we go through in the here and now, some of the things that we go to right here, right now, today. Uh, for those of you who are in the chat room, you may need to uh, refresh your screens. There was an error in the chat room, and I had to start our chat room over again. So please refresh your screen, and it should pull you into the newer chat room. So back to our discussion right now. The fact that so many of us don't take the time to realize that we are at ground zero, that we feel as though we're at ground zero, which means in so many cases that we're at rock bottom, it's because we have not taken the time. We have not taken the time to understand and to realize that maybe some of the things that we put up with, we accept, we, uh, we move forward with, we try to uh, tolerate in our lives is because we have simply put up with far too much and brought too much from our past. Doing so, we become what we were before, what we grew up with, what we knew then. We've learned how to accept the bad behavior from other people. We've learned how to just tolerate being mistreated. And when we come into that place where we tolerate being mistreated. Let me tell you something. There are so many people who have experienced or become serial killers or people that have mental issues or people who are introverts and don't know how to deal with society and are untrusting because of the environment that we grew up in. So as I said earlier, Exodus 20:12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord, your God, is giving you. Okay. A lot of us, we fall for that. We buy into that. I know I did. Heaven forbid. I thought that if I ever questioned why I was being treated a certain way or why things were going on, that God would rain down fire and brimstone on me. 
But let me say this, because in my lifetime, because of those circumstances, other family members, they bought into it, and all of a sudden they're telling me how bad of a person I am and what I'm doing wrong. You need to understand something. Pick up that book for yourself. Research for yourself. Because I have told them time and time again, when you come with your Bible verses, trust me, I'm going to come with one or two that's going to knock down every verse that you come with. You have to understand something. When we go to these places of worship, we are listening to the words that are being taught to us by people who we grew up with in the same neighborhoods, went to the same schools, uh, in the same era, in the same age group, whatever. These are modern-day people trying to tell us about ancient texts and times and words. And what they don't tell you is that each time they get up there in that podium and they talk to the masses, they're telling people what they want them to know and hear. They're telling people their interpretation of these ancient words. If you don't believe me, let me say it again. Exodus 20:12. Honor your father and your mother, and your days will be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And most of us think, oh, we got to honor our parents because if we don't, oh, all hell's going to break loose in our lives and blah, blah, blah. Lord knows I did it because every time, dear old mom, she thought that I was about to find my voice. The Bible say you got to honor your mother and your father. The Bible say, oh, she used it a million times growing up. How about this, though? Psalm 2710, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Let me say that again, because some of you didn't hear it the first time and you're not trying to hear it, but it comes from the same book. Psalms 2710, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Now, which one? Is any one better than the other? No, this is what I need you to understand in life. People will tell you what they want you to hear so that they can keep you at a place of control for them. The bottom line is that both of these texts come from the same book. So you're going to tell me, and then you're going to run back and tell your leader, your parent, your whomever, that, well, they said it's Psalms 2710, and they're going to try to convince you why Psalms 2710 is all wrong, and what they said in Exodus 2012 is all right. Really? Colossians 3:21 Fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Let me tell you all something. Stop buying into the first thing you hear from the first person. If I was speaking to someone just the other day, I said, "You know, it's kind of sad." There's a group of con artists, and it's sad because this group of men are running around basically targeting women, and their scams and schemes have changed over the years from one thing to another, and some people have caught on to it while others are still buying into it. They are con artists. They are saying all the right things. They're giving you, as most people call them, their little nuggets. I can't stand that word, golden nuggets. Everybody wants to talk nuggets. Everybody jumps on the same bandwagon. Mine are titanium tidbits for a reason. Because, number one, I don't follow the masses. Number two, these little nuggets, nuggets, nuggets. Gold can go up and down. Titanium is titanium, and then diamonds are diamonds. If I'm going to give you some diamond wisdom thoughts, then guess what? They hold their value. 
You don't need to believe me because I'm just another speaker, just like everyone else. The difference is that I have walked this path. I want us to be successful together. I am not here to take, 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 take from you and tell you what I know you want to hear without telling you what you need to hear because odds are 10 to 1. If I tell you what you need to hear, you're not going to like me very much. But if I tell you what you want to hear, you're going to love me. You're going to love me. You're going to love all the other feel-good, foo-foo, fluff-fluff gurus out there. Because they tell you, they know exactly what you want to hear. And then they get into your wallets and your pocketbooks, and they're going to take it. You're never going to get a return on your investment. A young lady called me. I love what she's doing. She's come a very long way. First thing out her mouth is that she's hooked up with the kings and queens of the con. I call them the kings and queens of the conity because it's a real joke. And I told her, I said, you know what? I love what you're doing. I'm here for you. If I invite you to my program, the bottom line is simple. We can talk all about your journey and what you're doing for the homeless and all of that. But you are not to bring up your association with these people. I do not promote their dirty deeds because I know what they are about. I know that they're con artists. I know that they're out here to get as much as they can out of their own people, and then they will move on it each year. And they I don't know why people don't understand that they tend to create programs and things that have like names of very established organizations. These are the same people who some company out here, some fake college was giving out doctor degrees. Next thing you know, the king, one of the kings of the con got the degree first and then all these other people jumped on this thing this is a, a college that no one in this world accepts their credit no one in their world accepts anything some type of a so-called religious institution who's given out 102 so-called doctor's degrees and minister's degrees and this degree and that degree that's not worth the paper that they're written on but these same people are running out calling themselves doctor this and doctor that and one person a, a, a rather known singing artist, she fell for this. And she had the nerve to take pictures of her graduating. Now, they rent a room at a hotel. That's where they graduate and have some person who sings out a key singing the song as they march in. And they talk about her put, think, particular picture. She had on a sash that said valedictorian. First of all, how can you be a valedictorian if you've never spent a half an hour or a minute in a real classroom getting grades and doing any work? Secondly, at that level, we don't quite celebrate like that you're going to be kuma sum kuma summa cum laude cum laude uh, magna cum laude things like that but you're not the valedictorian you might be the speaker and all of that but when you haven't spent one day in the class that's why some people i love them to death as human people they have good hearts but they dumb it in a rock and they will buy into anything you're not a doctor if you haven't gone to class and you haven't earned it And then they changed their tune because I did my homework on this company. The bottom line is that they changed their tune and they started asking people, uh, with your honorary degree. They didn't used to say that. And all these people run around, Dr. So-and-so and Dr. So-and-so. I'm like, you're not a doctor. You haven't spent one day doing anything. And this for it to be an honorary degree, okay, fine. But that still doesn't give you the right to give people who you're supposed to be helping the impression that you have the proper credentials to be doing anything that you're doing. 
So again, these are the types of things that I need you all to stop falling for. Stop falling into. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. You can't have it both ways, people. When people tell you, honor thy mother and thy father, while they're beating you down and they're abusing you. And then you just remember Psalms 27:10. For my mother and my father have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. I would take that verse over Exodus 20:12 any day. And when I say this, I'm not saying that you have to attack your parents or do anything like that. Sometimes we have to walk away from everything that's hurtful. Sometimes we have to walk away from everything who's mistreated us, everything who's stepped on us, everything that's done it all. I'm reading some of the comments, and we have them coming here. My pet peeve is when people say, honey, um, Borpal, I'm not too sure. I've never heard that one, so if you could tell us some more about that, please uh, let 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 us know. Uh, some people may understand that one, for, but for those of us that don't, what exactly does that mean? Uh, Gene, over in our chat room, he says, yes, people don't realize that you have to, to – Beware of who you allow to teach you. This especially means the church you associate yourself to because religious beliefs can be dangerous when twisted to a personal agenda. Yes, let me say that one again. He said because religious beliefs can be dangerous when twisted to a personal agenda. That is so true, and that is why today we're talking about what twisted truths. Gene goes on to say, just because someone has the title pastor does not mean that he or she is representing the foundation of religion uh, and agape love. That's right. And Vorpal goes on to say, pastors, preachers, ministers, etc., tend to be ex-cons. It's the only profession that doesn't hold their past against them. And unfortunately, these men tend to be manipulative. Yes, they do. But you got to add, and no disrespect to contractors and things, because my ex-husband was a contractor. The bottom line is different. The bottom line is, is, is different, is that when these people, we need to understand, we need to really, as I said earlier, we need to do our homework. We need to really look into, if you all follow my story, you know my story is unique and different in itself. But we need to understand something that we need to question, we need to challenge, we need to investigate the people who we are allowing into our minds to teach us, to mold us, and to to educate us on anything. We need to do that for ourselves. We need to do that for our children. We need to make sure that who we are following are people who we who are true blue leaders. And Gene responds to Paul's uh, comment. He said, hmm, you have a point. My pastor is actually an ex-con. I love him because he has a good spirit, but I never thought about the past aspect of guiding men and women into church. And Vorpal says, Honey Hole is supposed to be a fisherman's lucky spot. It's been twisted into daily speech, like when a shopper finds good buys at the thrift store. Okay. Okay. So 
thank you for clarifying that and educating us on that. Um, again, that is exactly what we are talking about today, twisted truths. And when we become, when we are so molded and, and we are so brainwashed by these twisted proof, uh, truths, we become twisted adults. Then we have twisted children. Then we have twisted family. Then the children have children who are twisted. And these are the things that we are speaking about today. When someone tells you one thing, this how big is this world? There are more answers to the same question. Some may be more right than others. Some may be more wrong than others. One thing that we can definitely agree on, and Brother Gene, I know that you know about this. In the study of law, there are answers that are good, there are answers that are better, and then there are answers that are the best answer, which are considered the right answer. And so many people outside of the field of law don't even understand how law works. It comes down to the person that comes in there. How many people, crimes that have gotten off because their attorneys made a better argument? How many times have people been told, or you see when they try to do investigations on things, they do leading questions, fleeting questions, vague and ambiguous questions. We need to start to educate ourselves for ourselves. I have always been looking for that place or that 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 religious uh, organization that talks the truth, that just says, you know, some people, they get down here, well, this says this, and this is the way it's going to be. I say be a good person. Be respectful to one another. How about that? But you see, so many of these people in the pulpit don't want to tell you it just like that because that takes money away from them. Then they can't afford the fancy cars. They can't afford the big homes when they are telling people what they need to hear opposed to what they know they want to hear. A vast majority, not all, but a vast majority, not all, but a vast majority, one more time, not all, but a vast majority of these people in the pulpit, they practice their scripts every single week. And I get so discouraged when I will listen to this church and this church and this church. If one pastor finds out that the other pastor had his people, uh, they were excited about that sermon the week before, then here he comes or she comes preaching the same thing the next week, but they're going to add their little spice to it because they have to out the, the other one. And, you know, it was so amazing that a neighbor told me years ago, and this is stuck in my head for so long, that a pastor, he got up in front of his pulpit and he told his people, well, you know, I went to buy me a new uh, Mercedes or some fancy car on the congregation's money. And um, he said, I went in and I said, do you know who I am? Uh, you know, if you give me a deal on this car, other pastors will come here because they will want to outdo my car. Now, this pastor already want to get the most outrageous priced upgraded one there is. And then you want to come along and then and then you're bold enough to tell your congregation that and they amen and then think it's funny. I didn't think it was funny at all. Because you got these pulpit pimps up here who are trying to tell you what to do, who take you, tell you that you're a bad child because the parents talk to them and tell them to tell you how bad you are and you're going to hell because the parents are, uh, are abusing you and disrespecting you and mistreating you. But then they send you to church and then they have the pastor tell you 
The pastor is a title. Pastor is a person. A lot of them out there nowadays I knew I grew up with on the same streets. So it's like I was at a at a, at a function uh, for nonprofits for um, uh, a special fundraising function, and some people walked up and they said, "Well, I know so and so." I said, "Well, yeah, I grew up with so and so." Oh, he's he's a, a bishop, so and so. I'm like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." Anyway, I grew up with him. Okay, I know him from the inside out. Okay. I'm like, you call him whatever you want. To me, he's still Snookums or whatever his name was back then. And I had to let them know, look, I grew up with this person, okay? Okay, that's your thing to call him by his fancy name. That's your thing to do that. I know him as Snugglebug or whatever the nickname is without divulging who the person is. Oh, no, his title is bishop somebody okay and i shop at walmart and i guarantee you i saw him there last week too so the bottom line is simple people get so hung up you know people get so hung up on these titles and they think that that means something these people they put these people on um on uh pedestals and, and the same person i was talking about was my neighbor and he used to have these people come along and he'd have bodyguards and all this it's like I'm sorry, you need to not be taking up our spots and, pay, and, and spaces. We live here too. You, I was so glad when he moved, I didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed. This is our home. We live here. This is a, a closed community. We live here. How is it that you're going to take up 50% of our parking spaces in a small closed community? How dare you? I don't care who you are. You send your people out and let them park on the main road and walk up to if they're that impressed by you. Vopal goes on to say, you catch more flies with honey than, visic- than vinegar. Of course they are going to say what you want to hear. Exactly. They want in your wallet. Pope of no hope, maybe. You know what? It, 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 you know, it, it, it's. We can go on about this. We can go on about this, and it's so good that we have good discussions going on right now because I tell you now, I'm tired. We get tired after a while of seeing the same things over and over again and seeing the same small-minded people who keep falling for the same crap over and over again. It's because we know. That's what I was about to get into. Um, Gene says the pastors get hung up on them too. They will try to use that power to make people, in their mind, encourage people to do everything they ask them to do, whether they want to do it or not. Well, that's it, Eugene. That's one of those things. That's when the infamous church hurt comes in. Because when you have those one or two people who want to question whatever that is and go against it, then they become like a gang. You know, God's gang or something, not the God, but a God's gang, because some people look at the pastor like they are one of those dummy gods out here. So they become his gang to gang up on the people who want to question them. So many people have been forced out of their church homes because they did not agree with what was said and or going on. And Paul writes, it's become a culture of lies. Naturally, people are going to exaggerate their importance and skills. When I say them, I mean titles. Um, 
Exactly, Eugene. I see that. Um, when when people get hung up, but people do, they get hung up on these titles. They, you know, the thing is that for for no particular reason, I, I you know, some people would never know. And I love going to places where they don't know who I am. I was introduced. I went to a function um, a while ago, some time ago, and I was introduced as this is C. Maria Wall. And the person who was I was being introduced to, they said, "The C. Maria Wall, this is you, really?" Well, yeah. You know, people tend to expect me to walk into the room like I'm the queen of the world and I'm this and I'm that. And I'm like, I'm just me. I put on my pants one, t- one, one leg at a time. I hurt. I cry. I do all of that just like everyone else. I only bring out titles and to bring out who I am if there's a need to do so. Other than that, guess what? The same bullet that can come at you can come at me. The same person who can attack you can attack me. The same people who see me and hate me because of the color of my skin will do the same things. Jean writes, yes, most people can find the Lord because they can't look past the pastor to even have a direct relationship with God themselves. The pastor is not the person you depend on, and you don't need him or her to talk to God. Let me repeat that. Gene says the pastor is not the person you depend on, and you don't need him or her to talk to God. And, you know, they can't. They can't find the Lord because they have people blocking them. You know, some some pastors, not all, let me say that again, some pastors, not all, some pastors and preachers, not all, some pastors and preachers, not all, they're like those uh, old-time um, car salesman or the middleman that wears the plaid suit with the bad raggedy leather shoes on. They're the middleman that needs to get out of the way because so many of them are blocking God. They pass that plate three, four, five times. Uh, oh, this is the first offering. Well, what's this one for? And then they come back again. This is the second offering. Well, one is for my car. One is for my for, for my house payment. And one is for this and that. The church that I grew up in, when the pastor died, I said, you had all this big fancy house. He put the, I don't know where he thought he was living, but he put the bars on the windows and his uh, fellow homeowners out here in this expensive land, they were up in arms because, you know, it was just so ridiculous that you have this million dollar house and you put um, cast iron bars on it like you living in Baltimore somewhere. And the bottom line is simple, that. When you died, guess what? You can't take none of it with you. And a friend of mine, who's a Jehovah's Witness, I'll say that, she had gone. They were out doing their pilgrimage, and she knocked on on the door of a preacher that lives not too far in another community, not too far from here. And he invited them in, and he was bold about it. He said, you see this fancy house? The church bought it for me. And you see this expensive imported vase? The church bought it for me. Why shouldn't they take care of me? I'm their prayer pastor, and I'm their blah, blah, blah. She told me this story. I said, where does this fool live? And I'm like, um, yeah. We're about to get into that too, Vorpala, the broken families. You know, again, um, regardless of these shady preachers, the solution to the ghetto is twofold. People need to get their butts in church, get the fathers back into 
family unit. Yes, indeed. We're, we're going somewhere here today. We're going somewhere here today. LL and offering for Sister Beulah May's hip replacement. Exactly. Or they'll come up with something that Sister Beulah May may never, ever see it. I remember one year, many years ago, here they come, some men from the house walking up in my house. They came to bless the house and to bless me because my mother had ran and told them that I was this terrible child. They were looking at me like, this is your child? And he was like, well, let's pray. I'm like, yeah, well, you better pray for her because she's the one that's giving you all run on game. So the bottom line is simple. Churches need, churches need to do better. You know, I, I spoke about, what, two shows ago. I said when Baltimore was going through things, here go all these preachers out here walking the streets. They haven't seen them since. Because when the photo op and when the media press release and all of that, when that opportunity left, they so did they. And that's a problem that we tend to deal with. Um, Vorpal says we need the church for a baseline morality, and we need the fathers to keep the children on the straight and narrow. Broken families create, create broken communities. And Jean goes on to say, I'm not sure that church is necessarily the answer, because if you have a crooked leader of a church, you don't want them to lead or guide anyone. We need leaders in the community who may or may not be in the church to lead fathers. Exactly. I do believe that. I think that the church should be there to support the communities. But that's one of the biggest problems now. Or we have people out here who have become celebrities, but they're not really leaders because their their messages are not clear and concise as to what they're doing. Their messages are not very um. Uh, succinct as the what what it is we're supposed to be doing. Jean goes on to say, my morality never came from church. I know that within me, what is right or wrong from my parents and other authority figures in, in his life. And that is so true. I didn't learn it from being at home. Yes, I learned it from my great grandmother. That woman had a heart of gold. She was there and she prayed and she would do the oils on me when I was very sick and she would try to keep dear old mom at bay and things like this. The church teaches the Ten Commandments, the basis upon which America was founded. No, America was founded on the Constitution and that they're trying to manipulate and destroy to their advantage now. And the bottom line is I think that the Ten Commandments, a lot of people around the world use that as a basis for many things, not just America. I think that it comes down to people around the world. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Because in America, if that's the case, we all going straight to hell for the most part because most Americans cheat, steal. They, 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 um, they kill they lie. They do a whole bunch of things. So we have to understand that I think that, more, Paul, for me, that even though we have led sinful lives, we can still change and repent. And that's another thing that no one's really teaching of how we can change and what we need to do to, to be able to accomplish that. But the thing is that People don't even care about that now. In this country alone, they are totally annihilating the Constitution. And even though some people call 
call us Christians and all of that. And they're, they're doing things that just aren't Christian-like. And that's why we forgot God. Oh, my gosh, I think that most people forgot God a long time ago. And it's coming down to a new group is starting to emerge now. Those of us, we are very enlightened. Our eyes are wide open, not wide shut. And we are starting to come together. And we're not going to be out here running our mouths on social media, talking smack about things that people will forget about in the next few few weeks or days. How many people were out there marching and complaining? Where are they now? How many people are out there still talking about uh, what we need to do to change? But what are they doing to change? Uh, you know, in some communities, the social economic groups, they talk about they want people to respect them and this and that. But what are you doing to respect yourselves? I need to understand where all of this is going. It comes from us having a lot of people around here who are not leaders. They're celebrities. They're, they're public figures. They're people who are doing that. And we don't understand. We are following all the wrong people. Yes, laws are built from the commandments, although we are supposed to have a separation of church and state. That's true. When there is no God present in man's hearts, the guy with the biggest stick determines your worth. Exactly. Uh, and, and Eugene agrees, too. He says that that's true. Hitler murdered 25 million. Stalin murdered 50 million. Mao killed 100 million. What did they have in common? No God in their hearts. And again, no God in their hearts, but who are we as the people who followed them? One person with no God in their hearts and a bunch of people who would rather join the masses and join up with that person so that they think, and that's a thing. A lot of people think, well, it didn't happen to me. I remember I had, I call him uh, um, the demon deacon. He told me a long time ago, he owns a house a couple doors from mine, and my ex-husband was working on it. And he told me point blank, he said, look, he said, I'm sorry for what your ex-husband did to you. And I told you all earlier, he's a contractor. So he told me that. He said, I'm sorry for what your ex-husband did to you, but times are hard and I need cheap labor. So I'm going to hire him anyway to be around you, even though he knew that he had a year-long protection order and that man wasn't supposed to be anywhere near me. I had a year-long protection order against him, but times were hard. The people don't care. The neighbors who he had the affair with their daughter, they welcome him in. He stays there 24-7, 365. People don't care about other people. And that's right, Boar Paul. Some of us, we know where we stand, and we're willing to stand for that. And we know that we're going to have opposition. But guess what? When I went through my ordeals and I have been through some stuff in my life, when I gave it all to God and I stand for that, and I'm going to stand for right no matter what, and I'm not going to let things go when I know that they are wrong, so be it. This Earlier this year, I had to let go of my entire family. Because they believe the lies of my abuser. They believe this. They have attacked me for the last time. And one person said, oh, I'm sorry I got involved. I don't care what the truth is. He didn't care to hear the other side of the story. Said, put it back on me. If you want to tell me, I'll listen. Well, you don't care. You just told me that you didn't care. So when I'm saying to this people, when you have people in your lives who are causing you harm and pain, no matter who they are, you need to follow. And what did I say earlier? What was, a, what, what was that verse again? 
It should say Psalms 27.10, for my father and my mother and everyone else out there, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, whatever, have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. We need to understand that. It comes down to that. God will take us in. God knows who his people are. God knows who his people are. God will be there for us. It may not be in our time. We may not wake up and all our problems may be gone overnight, but guess what? He will give us enough strength and wisdom to be able to make it through our storms. Yes, he will. This is your time now, people, to reflect upon what we have discussed up to this point. This is our quiet time. This is our time. I'm going to give us a few minutes. I'm going to put on our meditation music. I need us. I need us to have this time. So for a few moments, I'm going to go and give us that time to chill for a minute because we are having one good conversation here today. We are on point today, whether some of you like it or not. The bottom line is that one thing that keeps this show popular all over the world is the fact that we keep it real. 24-7, 365, we keep it real on this show. I'm not going to keep sugarcoating the lies. That is the problem in this country. We keep sugarcoating the truth. We keep sugarcoating everything. The truth may not be pretty. The truth may be ugly as it can be. But guess what? It does not stop it from being the truth. Gene goes on to say, LOL, I just had a con- the same conversation yesterday with friends. Stop the family Stop the family over everything mentally because family are the most times the ones who will do the most twisted things to you. Family is not blood. It's loyalty and love. It is. It is. <laughs> Vorpal says swings across the chat room on the Tarzan vine. <laughs> I tell you, but it's the truth, though. Sometimes we need to understand family is not about DNA all the time. Sometimes it's about the people who you have that connection between you and G-O-D. It's not about DNA because family will tear you apart. Family, and I'm so... I'm so confused and amazed that so many people in this family, my family, will buy into one side of a story. You know, I have a son. I love my baby to death. And I had to bend over backwards when the court said that his daddy was supposed to give him X amount of percent and I was supposed to provide. My son doesn't know when his daddy would show up in court and he would say he ain't got no money. When the judge say go to jail, then he pull a wad of money out of his pocket. He doesn't have the records of all the bad checks that his daddy wrote because he didn't feel as though he wanted to pay child support. He doesn't know the other side of the story. When he found his daddy about a year before he passed away, he thought he was the best thing since sliced bread and air. I did the best thing that I could do because when the judge told me that he was supposed to give X amount of dollars and I had to give X amount of dollars, I worked double jobs to make sure that my child had everything that he had. But did he believe that? No. He went on a tangent about why'd you keep my father from me? Why did you do this? Now, part of it was dear old mom whispering in his ear because she always said that my child was hers. And the bottom line is simple. He believed that to the day his daddy died, 
There were so many things that made no sense to me that other people can verify because there were things that I just wasn't understanding. And I told him, I said, can you get, think about it? At your daddy's funeral, who was around with his family? That was me. Who was being introduced to his sisters and everybody else? That was me. How can you figure out that we were these bad enemies? And from that day, one of the first things that he asked his son when he found him was, where's your mother? What's her number? He and I talked for hours and hours and hours, days on end, catching up. And when he met his, his son and his grandchildren for the first time, who did he call to, to tell me all about it? He called me. He said they just stood and stared at one another for a moment, and they just talked for a while, and he got a chance to see his baby, and I could hear the happiness in his father's excuse. I mean, in his father's story. And you know what? It was. It was, well, Paul, it was. It's a piss-poor excuse of a man that refuses to pay child support. The bottom line is simple. Let me tell you all how far I had gone. I went as far as to write to the White House, and I believe that it was baby boy Bush or daddy Bush. It was one of the Bushes, I believe, in office. I think it was one of the Bushes. Maybe it was daddy Bush. I had no idea that the government had a program called Child Support Intercept. There was a special program. They sent me back this huge package, and that's when child support out in Baltimore County and Towson, Maryland, they got on it. And they were, were trying to track him down because in the end, and I had to call and I let people hear it. He owed 88000 some odd dollars in the end. When he made that last $2,800 paycheck to me, my son was well in his 20s. But I believe that his father knew by then that he was dying and he wanted to get right because I did nothing to that man but loved him and took care of our child. But you think that anybody would give me credit? No. I have been accused and blamed for more stuff that I never did. These are the types of things that I'm talking about. Do you think that sons would be getting gals pregnant and running out if they had fathers in the family to to account? Do you think the daughters would be acting, dressing like tramps if they had fathers in the home to account to? Let me tell you something. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. I I was born a child of sin. I'm a child of an adulterous affair. That's why my dear old mom can't stand me. And I didn't learn all of this until 2014 of why my mother always treated me this way and allowed other people to mistreat me and she would lie on me and have family members attack me. I'm a child because I'm just the proof of her infidelous ways, of her tramp ways, and I just was the person that she got left because dear old dad went back to the wife that he's still married to as of today. And for all many years, I thought that I was the third child in the hierarchy of my dad's children. It turns out I'm the fourth because the year before I was born, he and his wife had just given birth to um, my other brother uh, in October, and I was born the following September. So I'm a child of straight-up sin, the infamous one of the Ten Commandments. I'm a child. I'm a byproduct of that. And dear old mom has made me pay until I walked away from her, and I dare a family member to tell me what I'm not doing because guess what? God has me in a good place right now. And this is where I'm going to stay. I don't need anybody in my life. But back to the subject at hand. I came from a broken home. And one of the things that I can say is that when I got, 
old enough to have a mind of my own, I made the decision of who I was going to become and how I was going to be. And when my son was younger, I had um, he had a male mentor, one of his second grade teacher, I believe. Her husband was his mentor. I put him in the Boy Scouts, and it was so bad that there were not men involved there. So once again, I had to become the scout leader because there were no men involved with the program. And my second was also a female. But we did great things with those boys, and I did the very best that I could. And I had him in programs. And I made sure that I worked my tail off and I put him in a homeowner's neighborhood in a stable environment and it still wasn't good enough because in the end, he still loved dear old dad who loved him, but he wouldn't support him. And then when the family at his funeral and the family was saying how proud they were, I'd let him babysit him until he up and disappeared, changed the number, moved away. All that was on him, but it's my fault. But, you know, these are the things that we have to go through in life. And I tell my story because I want to connect with the people out here to know you are not alone. You're not the only one living in this mess. But ladies need to learn how to be ladies. I blame the mamas for that. But then again, a lot of these mothers are out there trying to hang with their daughters. They're at the same clubs doing the same things. Ladies, Getting old is a part of life, okay? We're going to do that. When you carry yourself with dignity and grace, you're still going to attract the attention of some man somewhere. But if you stop putting all of your attention on hoping that some man will notice you and put it on being the best person on this earth that you can be, guess what? He will find you. You don't have to go out looking or putting yourself on display. He's going to find you. Jean goes on to say, well, it's possible again. It goes to the type of father you have. Having a father in your life is not always a good thing. A bad father can do as much harm as an absentee father, and that is true. In the old days when men would pay that bad that men would go pay that bad father a visit. Well, the problem is all of the good men don't live anywhere near all the bad men. We have become communities of people who are just sorry as all get out, sorry parents, sorry people who just don't care. This is where the problem comes in. <laughs> Jean says, well, I wish they would have gave my father a visit and hit him in the head with the Bible. And that was true. Back in the day, men would stand up. They would try to support one another and keep one another together. There's a group that many years ago, when I first started Healing Through Heard I Talk Radio, I interviewed a group called the, Help, the Men of the Helping Up Mission. It's a group in Baltimore to help men get off of the streets and get themselves together. It helps them to be able to move forward in life. It's a great program, great everything. It helps them to become um, very productive members of society again. It gives them that second chance. And there's another group, uh, Deacon Thomas Farr, Man Up, and all of this. These are groups where men come together to help support men. But they're so far and few apart. We need more people to get involved. And we, sisters, we need to stop downing each other. We need to stop being in competition with each other. We need to move forward. We need to move forward to help one another, to uplift one another. Or Paul writes, I have no facts behind this, but I believe good people move away from the ugly ghetto. Nobody stays around to heal the community. 
You know, let me say this. In order for us to move forward, sometimes we have to move out and move up and then give back. When much is given, much is expected. If I'm going to hit the lottery, when you need a good man, find a Marine. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, yeah, I can't really um, complain. Yeah, I can't really go against that. But um, <laughs> uh, when you when you want a good person, make sure that you're evenly yoked. Yes, and it's and Jean writes it's hard to heal people who don't feel they need healing, and that's a big problem. The minute that you try to help people, people are quick to tell you, "I don't need no help. I'm fine. I don't need this." And they're living in in denial and lies. They're living their life of lies. But you're right. Someone needs to come back to lead the community to healing. That's what these programs are about. That's what we do at the Wall Foundation Incorporated in Healing Through Hurt. I Talk Radio. And this, our Sunday morning inspiration, is one of our sub-shows under the umbrella of Healing Through Hurt, I Talk Radio. This is how we reach out. This is how we try to give all of the encouragement that we can. The difference with us is that, as I said in the beginning of the program, is that we, when I started this almost eight years ago, it will be eight years in February, We took off, and I had become not just a local leader, but a world leader. And even on social media, when I started a lot of my pages and things, um, instead of me being uh, underneath one thing, uh, Facebook was common. They wrote back to me, and they said, we have decided to make you a public celebrity, a a, a public figure, opposed to being a regular nonprofit, profit all of that, or whatever I had categorized myself as, they recategorized me as a public figure. I speak with people all over the world. We have helped people all over the world. When I say all over the world, I, I was just sharing with someone the other day, a young lady reached out to me. Her family had sold her into slavery down in Southeast Asia, and I had to get in contact with the governments and the embassies and all of these people to try to help this woman. Or the woman in Virginia who was disabled and her boyfriend was stealing her disability check and mistreating her. I had to get with the National 911 Network to contact people, give them the information that I had because this person had wrote to me on our website to help these people out. When we do programs that help young ladies understand that, you know, when people are picking on you and messing with you and things like that, I would like to get more of the young men involved or the men that I know to come up and we can have a symposium where they take these young boys aside and tell them about their worth. And one of the things that I can say in dealing with young people in my programs over the years is that they're children. They want to be parented. They want to be nurtured and guided. That's all that they need is for someone to show them true blue interest. Uh, Jean goes, but you're right. Someone needs to come back to lead the community to healing. And that's exactly what we are trying to do. Each week we come here. Vorpal, thank you so much for joining us here this week for this conversation. Hope you return uh, each week to join in. Each week, if you have a topic that you want uh, me to discuss, let me know. Before we go any further, let me give you all some contact information. Uh, if you want to know about the Wall Foundation Incorporated, which is an IRS-approved and recognized tax-exempt 501c3 that 
funds all of our programs, you can go to thewallfoundationinc.org. That's thewallfoundationinc.org. Uh, my website is www.cmariawall.com. All of our websites have contact forms there, so you can write to us, and I promise you someone will get back to you. Oh, Vorpal, you're not just a loudmouth. You can't ruin the show. Everyone here has opinion. This is not a dictatorship. It's a democracy. We know how to be within reason and respect and respect everyone's points of view. That's the beauty of what we do here. We can agree to disagree. We can agree to come to terms that some things we're just not going to agree with, but... um, Everyone has a right to their opinion. I always invite people to help me. Uh, Vorpal writes, mostly people hate me because I'm far right wing. You know what? We're having a good conversation today. You are welcome here. If things get out of hand, I know how to mediate and moderate. No problem. But we are having a good, respectful conversation, so you are always welcome here, you know, to, to join in whenever you want. Because if we don't have different opinions. How can we grow? How can we learn? How can we do any of that? So, oh, and our, our contact number is 202-618-2556. You can always reach us there on social media. We have several sites. Um, over on Facebook, we have WOW, W-O-W-W, Women of Wisdom and Worth. We have Focus, Females Offering Clarity, Unity, and Success. Uh, we have, um, that's our open urban group where anything goes within reason and respect. We have Focus Females Global, um, which is our professional group there. If you'd like to join there, that is by by request only. So you can join us there. Vorpal <laughs> uh, writes, we don't even have to agree. I'll just keep telling them how wrong they are until it sinks in, LOL. <laughs> And again, we can do that too, and we can go round and round as long as it's within reason and respect. Hey, that's what I think that that's what being a human being and being respectful and living in a democracy is all about having your opinions and your point of view. So, again, these are the things that we're talking about the twisted truths. Which one do we believe? Which one do we do a lot of things? I was just reading a, uh, an article earlier this morning where. Um, Someone had written about some of the African-Americans who had voted for the current person in charge here in this country and how people are now not supporting them anymore. Again, for every action, there's an equal or greater reaction. We have to be prepared for the ramifications of whatever we choose to do in life. If we come from broken homes and we choose to continue that cycle, we have to uh, just simply remember that, Whatever comes at us, it's because of our own actions. And again, um, some people want me to give point blank what I feel about this and that. There's some things that if we're talking about a general topic, you will get my my pretty concise answer. But if you ask me some questions about who I'm going to vote for or who this and that, that's something that I don't tend to get into for a host of reasons. Number one, we are sponsored by a nonprofit organization, and there's really thin lines when we get into total politics. If I'm mediating a discussion, that's something different, but I do not share my personal views on those types of things fully because of certain 
um, beliefs that I have first and foremost, and then I want to keep our nonprofit status as solid as we can be um, because I had dissolved my for-profit company that used to work with other nonprofits to start my own to help. Uh, I vote conservative, but I knew Trump was a mistake from the get-go because one man cannot clean up Washington alone. Well, you know, that's one of those things where no no person can do anything alone. And then we have to understand that it will take all of us to make this country great again, period, that, to make this country solid and the superpower that it used to be. It's going to take all of us. And people need to understand that that means not any one race, not any one one. Um, um, party we need to come together and we need to do it soon because right now we're sitting back watching what's going on in this country and i'm pretty sure that they're just waiting for their chance to pounce in because someone would like nothing more than to take down one of the superpowers and say i did it i did it because this world has become one big competition now and don't think that because the countries that are most quiet are the ones that you have to really look into and worry about the most because as the old adage goes barking dogs don't have time to bite because they can't do both at the same time. It's the quiet ones, whether it be human beings or in a political climate or whether that we have to watch out for, because they're the ones that are waiting for the right time to pounce. And the minute that they test the perimeters and see where the weakest point of entry is, that is what they're going to use to get in. So again, um, this comes down to that thing again. And, yeah, division is a form of control, and it is profitable. But, again, that comes down to not just the government. That's what we've been talking about all morning is that division, division in the church, division in our communities, division all over the place. When people don't respect the views of other people and people don't understand that we have to take it a lot longer. Oh, yes. They are going to keep doing everything they can do to keep us at each other's throats. And, and again, I'm going to say this again, same thing as what we were talking about early, earlier, is that if there's a family member or neighbor or somebody who can keep everybody up in arms, that's what they're going to do. Because in some cases, that miserable person loves to keep disaccord and, and all of that going. They love it because that way they can just say, hey, you know, this is the world that we live in because they're miserable and they don't have any order in their lives. They want everyone else to be just like they are. And that in itself becomes a problem. And I do believe that it does. It comes back to no God in men's hearts. And that brings up another topic, and that's the topic that, um, you know, a lot of people who claim to be men and women of God may not be men and women of God. Again, that's why we have to know who we're following and what we're buying into in advance of everything else that's going on. Because the minute that we fall for the um, the 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 kings and queens of deception, you know, we, we, we just can't, the, the cosmetic Christians and, you know, these, these phony prophets and all of this, that's when the problems come in. So we have to know and make sure that these people are truly of God. And a lot of times people don't do that. They just simply don't do that. 
They simply don't. And they end up following anything and everything. Anybody can put, you know, lies in a beautiful wrapper and make them pretty poison. Anybody can do that. So we have to open up our eyes, and so many of us, we're like sheep, sheeple as they call them. We're, leading, we're running around in the pastures blindly, ready for any shepherd to come along to lead us to anywhere. We don't know where to lead. They could be leading us straight to slaughter, for all we know. So again, the twisted truths, we have to understand this, and I love the fact that we have covered so many different facets of twisted truths in our conversation just today. Paul writes, I like to tell my friends that they are cafeteria Catholics, picking and choosing what to believe in and disbelieve. So I think that it's safe to say, Gene uh, and, and Vorpal and all of you listening and over in the chat room that, let me go over here, I haven't been in the chat in the call query in a while to see if anyone's raised their hand over there. Okay, for those of you in the call query, thank you so much. I still see you sitting there. Again, oh, if you want to partake in our conversation, you can press the number one on your phone, and that will let me know that you would like to be on air instead of being over in the chat room where we're texting and typing out our responses. Um, you can be on air if you press the number one on your phone. But thank you so much for hanging out with us today and staying here. And I love the fact that our programs have longevity. People tend to come and they sit and they partake throughout the entire program. So, again, um, I want to thank you all for being here and hanging out today with us for our Sunday morning inspiration. Uh, Vorpal writes, the bottom line, there's only one path to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ, no exceptions. And I believe that. I believe that, but I think that um, I started speaking about when I had my death experience back in 2013, um, the message that I got. And I said a lot of people aren't ready to hear it. But one of the things that um, God wants us to do is to be good to one another, to be good people. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. So many people have heard all the same stories of sharing the bright lights and this and that. And I'm like, wait, we all can't be seeing the same way when we die. We're all not going to see that. I didn't see a bright light. There was no bright light. I went to sleep. I woke up someplace else. But the message that was sent back with me was the fact that we have to learn how to be good people, good, respectful people to one another. We do need to bring back the families and make a family a family again. Just as you say that um, fathers need to come back home, ladies need to stop making these babies if you're not going to have. And somehow some women have convinced themselves that laying down, giving their bodies to a man equates to him staying with them. And in my case, my mother laid down with a married man. He had no intentions of staying with her ever, ever. So the bottom line is simple. We need to understand that it's time for us to work together and be there for one another and encourage and uplift one another and stop trying to tear one another down and say who she thinks she is. She thinks she's better than us. Girl, don't do this. Let's just tear this person down so that nobody's going anywhere. Everyone's still at ground zero because nobody wants anybody to get a foot ahead of the other. You have to give your heart to Jesus. You cannot fake it, and that's true. Love thy neighbor. I confess I have problems with that one. Well, you know what? 
this is my thing. And, uh, you know, this is just my take on this. When they say honor thy parents and love thy neighbors and this and that, sometimes you can honor and love people by staying away from them. When the government replaces husbands, it becomes a matter of business to birth babies. That's a, Now, I don't know if you, you, you're aware of the situation, but um, many years ago there was a study done to see why they were putting so many Planned Parenthoods in low-income uh, neighborhoods where people of a certain ethnic group lived and did that. And that was a, a way of controlling the population there. Well, that didn't work very well. So now, you know, they're trying to, since Planned Parenthood didn't do what it was initially created to do, which was to control the population in certain uh, social economic groups and ethnicities, um, now the government wants to get rid of that. But that happened years ago. It's just like this new epidemic with drugs and things. That's nothing new. If you know about history, they introduced drugs into certain communities many, many, many moons ago to help destroy and to increase the population of prisoners as well. Well, of course, that didn't work too well. But now, the same thing, history is repeating itself. The difference is that the drug population, yes, exactly. Planned Parenthoods is a eugenics program to uh, eradicate the black population. That's exactly why it was originally put together. You are absolutely right about that. I try to be very um, nonspecific when I speak for a reason so that people will keep listening and not just shut off because sometimes people can hear one particular ethnic group or name or something when technically this also affects other people as well because what happened is other ethnic groups started to go down too because the same thing that's happening in one community is happening in another, but the media tends to not want to um, upplay the real. Once again, they do their twisted truths that they relate to the masses. But again, this is the time when we can talk about all of this and see the difference back to the drug um, epidemic now, it's because it is affecting a brand new populace or a populace at a larger rate than most now. So now it's become a national problem and it's an epidemic and they need to do X, Y, Z because what was planned to eradicate a different group of people now is eradicating their own. And now it's become a national problem, and they have to deal with this and blah, blah, blah. So, again, what goes around comes around, and we have to be so careful in this world how we think that while we're trying to destroy someone else that the tables don't turn, and suddenly we become the target of our own attacks. So that's what's going on in this world. Again, again, twisted truths. Things are changing in so many ways. Gene, if you're still with us, um, you know, raise your hand. Let us know um, what your take on any of this is. Um, but again, it's one of those things where we could talk about this topic of twisted truths and all the things going on in this world on so many levels. And I mean so many levels. And, you know, uh, you know, and Vorpal writes, 51% of black pregnancy ends in abortion. Millions of unborn babies murdered. 
And again, are we, you know, for society, though, in media, do they tell us the statistics across the board for many people? Or are they just upplaying one side of which they tend to do quite a bit? Um, me working in the legal system and other places, um, again, I get to see different ethnic groups and social economic groups come through. And if you listen to all of our shows, you'll see that these types of things happen across the board. How they're being presented to the population is something different. Oh, most definitely. We definitely have a larger war going on over here than we do elsewhere. But people don't tend to know that. A lot of people listen to what they hear on the news or read in the papers, and they take that word as law. They don't sit down. It was many years ago. Um, someone was on one of these talk shows, and he said, the government really doesn't hide much of anything. They know that you can go to the Library of Congress and read up on all types of things from AIDS to whatever they're doing in this world almost. But he said, we know, the government knows that people are not going to take the time out to do it. And even if they did, they're not very well versed on how to begin what they need to do to find the research and the answers that they need. And the thing is, we need to understand this. Our powers that be don't think that the majority of us are smart enough or will take the time to do what needs to be done to get the answers to all of these much-needed questions. Uh, We are the types of people that we'd rather sit back and wait for someone else to take care of things for us. And that's where the problem comes in. That's what leaves the door open for so many of these kings and queens of the con, whether it be in our Congress or whether it be in our communities or in our churches or wherever. That's what leaves it open is that people, we are so lazy and we are so uh, uninterested if it doesn't really affect us to the point where we have to do something about it. And by then, most people, when it comes to our door and we're at such a point where we have no choice but to fight back, we that's when people go out and they get the guns and they get the this and they get that and they start shooting up places because they have sat back and ignored things because it didn't apply to them. I've heard so many people say, well, you know, it doesn't apply to me. It's not affecting me right now, so I, I don't need to get involved. You know, I don't need to get involved. Paul says, I must point out the one-room schoolhouse of the 1800s definitely taught the students how to check up on their government. Those were um, times when, yeah, the plights were in their faces. The plights were right there. There's one um, room schoolhouse in Wallville down in, I believe it's Calvert County. Um, the one room schoolhouse is still there, rich in history of um, what um, transpired even back then. Yes. The one-room schoolhouse of the 1800s gave a far superior education than today's four-year college degree. Well, you know, and then that's an issue for another day, too. The Department of Education, all of these degrees and the the exorbitant prices that they pay for these degrees, some people go out and they get the easiest degree in the world, the degree that means little to nothing to anybody in this world, but they say that they got a degree thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and the government has set up that system hello simon how goes things in the uk welcome 
so glad that you chose to join us today. Um, the uh, Definitely back in the day, when they went to college, that degree meant something, and you knew that they were on point for that. Um, nowadays, some people, they go out here, they're getting these degrees, and... <laughs> Yes, I was I was waiting. I was like, I wonder where Simon is today. I'm so glad that you're here, glad that you did show up. And, yes, the show does have a little bit of time left today. We've been talking about twisted truths. We started off with the issue of how the truth, truths are twisted. And um, as far back as our childhoods, and then we come up and we've jumped into the twisted truths through our government and society and our communities, we have just um, – Yes, yes, for Paul, worthless degree, lifetime of debt. They don't sound too well educated to me. And, you know, but in this society, every job you see says you must have this, you must have that. I know people who have all of these outlandish degrees and they're not working in any field. I'm trying to figure out what does your degree have to do with this defeat, with this field that you're working in? You know, if you have a Ph.D. and you're working in cloud watching, I'm like, unless your cloud watching is in something that deals with the environment or something, if your Ph.D. isn't that, what is the point? Oh, wow. So, Simon, Simon in the U.K. says, goes okay here. Been to art exhibit exhibition today. Clocks have gone back there. So show is an hour earlier. Oh, wow, your time has already changed there. Ooh, when does time change here? I don't think it's till next month for us. I don't think we've um, fall, we're not going to fall backwards just yet. Oh, wow, okay. So that's always interesting to know. I don't think that the international community has not noticed soon America will become unemployable outside of the country. Of course, there's only a few degrees that, that actually will carry us anywhere in this world and into the future. The rest of these degrees, and, you know, I, I do know that there's a lot of foreign researchers that come over here and, and partake in all of our resources, and then they take their knowledge that they've learned back home. So, again, these are the things that um, we should be looking into, um, but are we? No. And again, you know, we could talk about our, our educational system until we're all blue and, and ghost white in the face and everything else, it's a money maker. It's like prisons and getting people into prisons. It was so interesting that in Baltimore City, they just built a new um, youth detention center. And I'm like, well, wait, this is brand new. Are you all planning on getting used to get into it instead of you all? Um, again, I... Yeah, Simon, when, when our time falls back, it's around 2 o'clock, but I don't think we do it until next month. So you guys are already ahead of us in doing that. I tried to make this so that it's, it's, it's supposed to ring for whatever time you are in, so maybe it didn't do that for this um, program, but I hope that it will kick in so that everybody's in the right um, time zone by next week. Um, where the American doctors, I have no idea, Paul. I don't know. I think that, and this is another thing that um, I'm in law school, 
And I know that when we started out, there were 209 students. When we began this year, there were 46. And by the time I graduate next year, there may be 12. So, again, medical school is the same way. They could start off with um, 200 students. By the next year, they might have 50 students. By the time graduation comes around, there may only be eight or nine students left because in this country, they don't put their best foot forward. They don't just want to stop living and partying to actually put their heads in their books. They don't want to uh, give up the lives that they have. They don't want to do the reading. They don't want to put the work into it. And that's what happens. I do know that our statistics, 209 of us started in 2016. This year, uh, at the beginning of school year, it was 40, 46 or 49, I can't remember. And by the end of next year for graduation, if it's 12 of us, we may be lucky. Because people don't want to work that hard. And that goes back to what I said earlier about them having uh, taking the easiest degrees out there. You know, that's like... Uh, somebody going to school and getting a bachelor's degree and 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 book page counting or something off the wall just to say that they have a degree because they don't want to work hard. And there are people out there that will tell you where the best ones are. Exactly. They want privilege without earning them. And that's where the problem is because then it comes down to several things that people will say, you know, you could have someone who worked their butt off for their degree and someone who didn't and someone who's an uh, a, a, uh, honor student, someone who's not, but then it comes down to the color of their skin. They may give the person who has a lot less qualifications it because of the color of their skin opposed to the other person. These are a lot of the problems that we have here that people are not addressing and don't want to address. <laughs> a BA in medieval folk dancing. <laughs> Yeah, something like that. But yet you're going to go and run a government agency with your BA and physical and uh, medieval folk dancing. This is the twisted way that we are doing things in this country. These are the twisted truths out here. You know, it's ridiculous. But the government would. You know, 7-Eleven may not hire someone with that degree, but darn if the government wouldn't. We used to have a joke in one of the agencies I used to work at that the, the agency doctor had a veterinary degree, but, but hey, they were a doctor. So, you know, I guess animals have hearts and so do humans. It's all the same somewhere to somebody. So, again, these are all of the twisted truths and things that we have to discuss and know. that. But the bottom line is that all these things that we have discussed today, it comes down to the fact that, so many people, so many people out here, they see all of these things, but they're waiting for someone else to fight their battle for them. They're waiting for someone else to come along and say, this is wrong. This can't be happening. This should not be happening. But people don't want to do that because guess what? They get complacent where they are. Under socialism, we need at least 50% of the population working for the government. 
you know, and they don't care who they're hiring to do the jobs. Back in the day, years ago, you had good government workers that actually did their job, and then that became too taxing. These were people that actually had a voice and would ask the hard questions. That's back in the day when you saw many years ago, back in the 80s, when the Postal Service went on strike because they weren't putting up with it. All of these things. Well, that happens across the board. Simon Wright's hoping to get into university next year for BA in art. My math let me down this year. A lot of people are intimidated by math, but I can tell you, yes, you can do it. There's a lot of sites. If you send me a message, I can send you some sites that can help you with math and all of that, Simon, that you can actually practice on and get some really good um lessons in to help you prepare for your math classes and all of that. Uh, if you make sure that you contact me or give me your contact information. Um, I will definitely, you can email me at letsgrow, L-E-T-S-G-R-O-W, at cmariawall.com, and I'll be sure to send you some links for some math sites that can help you with that. Lord Paul writes, there are no such things as heroes on white horses charging to our rescue. We have to save ourselves. We have to save ourselves. We need to understand that it's a group effort. We can't have those slackers and lazy people sitting around waiting for those of us, for others to do the work for us and then be the first ones at the front of the line to reap the rewards. I know some person now, I'm pretty sure that he's skated through his entire life reaping the rewards of leeching on to other people, but yet makes the pretty little cushy six-figure salary and is just as un unqualified and incompetent as they come. But it's okay because this is the way that they do things here. And the sad part is that it's going to keep going. Sure, you're quite welcome, Simon. Of course, that's what we do here. We help each other. And that's the one thing that I hope that the, everyone that listens to this show, and as you all can see, people from all over the world listen to our programs, that they're going to hear this and see this and think about this. And everything that we've discussed today, hopefully, that will help us to be able to move forward and know that we're better and we're stronger when we work together as opposed to working apart and separate. This is something that people need to understand, that we are so strong when we come together. Each week, we're growing now. We're getting, we're getting big and we have people. Don't blame evil. They're just doing their job. It's the good people who didn't show up for work. Do not blame evil. They just, they're just doing it. Who's just doing their job, um, for Paul? Who's who? Who are we talking about here? It's the good people who don't, who didn't show up for work. Well, the thing is, and I can say this from personal experience: the people that don't show up to work or come to work part of a day or don't do anything, and then their bosses aren't making them work. Um, it's one of those things where you have some people who are there every day and so many people depend on them. And when that one person doesn't show up, the world falls apart and people just don't know. But then that one person is being worked into a hole. They're undercompensated and overworked and over overqualified. And it becomes a problem. It is systemic in society nowadays. So, again, the crooked politicians, the welfare leeches, the street dealers, and the lazy workers, we can put them right back on that list too. The lazy workers who will suck up the management and management allows them to come and go and do whatever they want to do because they are feeding management's egos and she-goes. The bottom, load, the bottom line is that 
all of this is a problem, and it's becoming worse by the day. So they're losing good people, and then I know that they're trying to get the retirees to come back because they're the people that work. Yeah, those good people that allow this stuff to keep going on. Again, it's a system that's broken, and until people that come in and are willing to work together to stand up against this and fix it, it's just going to keep going until it starts to implode on itself. And I believe that we're getting to a level now where it is about to implode. It really is. It's falling apart now on a host of reasons. So um, I, don't, I, I just don't know what else to say about the situation. But we need to understand and come together and realize that nothing this bad lasts forever. And it's lasted for generations now, and it's about to get to that point where it is going to crack. It is going to implode. It is going to come tumbling down on all of this. And either we're going to do it voluntarily or we're going to have to rebuild and regroup by force. And unfortunately, it seems like force is winning out, and that's the way that's going to have to make us change. Sad but true, so... This is where we are, and unfortunately in society today, hopefully so many of you, we have covered so much ground today. Uh, We started at ground zero, though, uh, how we were broken at childhood and how childhood has caused all of these other things to be allowed to go on and how we have, some, so many of us have turned a blind eye because right now we don't think that it affects us enough for us to get involved. We have touched on a lot of the issues that so many people either want to dance around or sugarcoat when it comes down to doing the right things in this world. We're going to have to, or guess what? We are about to get a reset. And so many people don't understand the world reset before. The dinosaurs were just here today and gone tomorrow. And if they don't think that man can be here today and gone tomorrow, they are mistaken. Paul writes, force seems more gratifying because it's direct action, but revolution rarely improves things. Well, I, you know... I think that revolutions in the past, when you actually had people to stand up and work together, they have done, um, um, made great strides and changes. The problem is that we are people divided. Every This is a me-first society that we're living in. Everyone cares about themselves and no one else. It's me, 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 I, 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 me, me, me. There is no we, 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 or us, us, us. They don't care about any of that. They could care less about any of that. It's about... Me, 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 I, I, I. So many people have gone out here and put themselves in great debt because they have to have the biggest home. They have to have the prettiest car. They have to have this and that and don't have $5 in the bank account. That's the problem, not $5 in the bank account. But they're living large on the horse because they look better than everyone else not realizing how many of us really just don't care. I don't have the biggest house. I don't have the fanciest car, but I have money. (laughs) You know, I have savings. 
so what's going to happen when, and you said 50% need to work for the government. What happens if, you know, the child in charge decides to shut down the government again? And this time makes it go out because it's all about him and what he wants, and he's willing to do that to people. I'm not quite sure who I can say. I know that who can get the, the crown for building up America because who built America? It was built on the backs of a lot of different people. And the bottom line is simple. Who's tearing it down? I think there's enough blame to go around, period. In that respect, conservatives build up America while the liberals only tear her down. I think that it's it's a mixture of everyone at this point. I don't see where anyone's doing their job across the board. In my opinion, I wipe them all out, all of that whole entire structure, and change it totally because there needs to be some new blood in there across the board in order for this to work. That's my take on it, and um, sometimes, like I said, everything needs a reboot. Sometimes you can't have the same things over and over again in society. In most places, you don't keep the same group of people over and over and over and over and over again. There has to be elections where people tend to change, and sometimes not just the people but the actual organizations themselves need to be um, broken down and rebuilt. And sometimes that's where I think that we have this two-party, three-party system, whatever it is, and maybe the time has come for something to change there. And maybe it is time to bring in new eyes and new blood and new everything. And um, I think that that's the only way that things are really going to change because right now we've come into an era of really bad, hateful ugliness now. And if something doesn't change, this is this is just ugh. This is scary at this point. I'm afraid to walk out my door in the morning. I'm afraid to drive down the street. I'm afraid of a lot of things now. Will I go out without a fight? Absolutely not. But I don't want to have to go down that route. I really don't. Take the black community, for example. They complain how racist and bad we are. They have to destroy the system despite the fact that they are better off here than any place else in the world. It never occurs to them to build upon what they already have. If I'm if I'm understanding you correct, and I agree to to um, an extent, because in the black community, um, you know, and I've spoken about this before freely out of that the Black Lives Matter. Tell me what exactly it is that your 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 point is, what you stand for, what are you saying to us when I don't see you while you're busy trying to convince the world that you matter. You should be into these communities, trying to show these people the right way to do things, trying to show these people how to become entrepreneurs how to build up family, how to become homeowners, how to um, get the education, whether it be technical or college or whatever it is, to be able to move forward, come out of blue-collar jobs, go into white-collar jobs where you can make a difference and become the CEOs of companies and things like that. But again, in the same breath, you also have those underlying factors that hold people back from being able to do that. So again, that's probably a show for another day when we really get into this because I um I um I just don't uh think that it's that cut and dry and I don't see where to me I'm being forsaken by every single 
single group out there right now. And I, I have money in the bank and I go to work every day. I have a job and I have, you know, a new car and I'm a homeowner and all of that, college educated and all of that. And I still say that we are being forsaken as a people in this country. And that uh, it's not saying that it's all the conservatives and it's not saying that it's all the liberals. They're good and bad on both sides. But I do think that something needs to change. I really do think that something needs to change. And um, and to me, yeah, we need to come together as a people. Women, you know, we're being mistreated, and, and that's a show for another day. There are people out there who are being overlooked and marginalized and minimalized. That's a show for another day. And to me, um, and, and I'll, t- I'll share this with you, Vor Paul, that people contact me all the time and say, because I'm a certain ethnic group, I'm supposed to be supporting X, Y, and Z. I'm out here just speaking what I see, talking about the facts, and the facts state that we have a problem. Just because I'm of a certain ethnic group or, or, or a particular social economic group does not mean that I'm supposed to sit stick together with that particular group because I don't necessarily agree with all of the views of that particular group. And I believe that. Paul writes, I have news for you. When I see people struggling to improve their situation, I'm inclined to help their struggle. And that is human nature. Exactly. I was getting to that. Exactly. But you have to show me that you want to improve that situation, that you're willing to have the tenacity and the strength to improve that situation because if you don't, then what am I investing in? If I can't have a decent return on my investment, what on earth am I taking my time away? I tell people all the time, if you're that type where I keep telling you what needs to be done and you're going to keep bringing me a problem for every solution that I have, you need to leave me alone so that I can open up that spot for someone who's ready for true change, for someone who means to change. If I'm going to invest in you and you're going to go out every other weekend and get yourself in trouble or arrested, and you're going to keep hanging with the same bunch of idiots and dumb people and doing the same things, then I am not going to keep wasting my time because all you're doing is preventing me from helping someone who is there. Exactly. If you want to enjoy your struggle and you're not trying to change, there's no way that I'm going to stay there with you because at some point you're going to then tear me down and I'll be right back at ground zero starting over again as well. And I cannot allow that to happen. And the bottom line is that people don't seem that what you just said is something that people do not want society to know is that One of the things that I heard a long time ago is that not everyone who looks like me is a friend and not everyone who is not an enemy. Let me say that not everyone who looks like me is a friend and not everyone who's not an enemy. So what I'm saying in that respect is that when people see something in you, and I've had no problem saying that people who do not look like me are the ones that saw my worth and what I was trying to do, they're the ones that took me under their wings and taught me the business of business. They taught me all of the things that I needed to know to become the person who I am today. 
people may not like to hear that, but hey, if it's the truth, I'm not going to twist it. It is what it is. And people need to understand that there's a reason why. There are some people who support and there are some people who will try to jump on this program and get in, in, in contact with all of my followers around the world. Then I, they will never support me in one way. They will never do anything. I see it every single day of my life. There's a reason why on like Facebook and other places they don't see me. Oh, I got this award and I got that award. Some people talk about the 88 million awards that don't mean the paper or the plastic or the the the, the tin or whatever those statuettes are made on even means. I don't have to do that because I'm dealing with a different class and clientele of people. If people want to keep with the pretty twisted truths and the beautiful lies, then that's what they do. They try to pump themselves up, and some people will get on there, and they'll start to follow these people and say, oh, you got this award, and they'll start to follow them, listen to them. like, you do realize you pay a fee, and then you fill out a form, and they'll send you that same award, right? And people don't understand that because, again, they don't. They like for people to. They remain complacent in their ignorance, and they don't care. And that's a problem. But like I, you are absolutely right, and I will tell anybody that people who did not look like me saw my worth even before I did. They saw my potential. They saw my willingness to learn. They saw everything in me. And those are the people who taught me how to become the businesswoman that I am now. And Lord Paul writes, I am seriously old-fashioned. There's, there's not room for hyphenated American Jew, American, American Jewish Americans, Black Americans, Irish Americans, blah, blah, blah. You are supposed to unite and become American. And Jean writes, well, that's the things I'm reading, a very much blanket statement, which are the problem. Some BLM may be idiots, but some very much know what cause they are fighting for, fighting against injustice that are being done in this society. Well, I think that the problem is that we're getting them all con confused and, and mixed in together. Who are the real movers and shakers in that movement? If they're moving towards the right things and bringing us together and getting that justice and all of that and bringing us together, who are they? And that's the problem that a lot of people can't give an answer for is who exactly are the true blue movers and shakers? Because, you know, Well, you know, Vorpal, I think that, again, I think that we it's coming down to what we see in media. As far as, actually, I haven't heard from BLM in a minute, actually. I haven't heard from BLM in a minute. And I did a show, while you two gentlemen are, are conversing on that, but I did a show that I wanted to know exactly, we need to make our message clear and concise. Well, you know what, that, that that's a problem in itself. I think that people are starting, when you said burning down Ferguson, a lot of people need to understand that the way that people have decided in history, long before BLM ever existed, BLM didn't shoot any Republican senators. Who Who shot even the Las Vegas shooter? What does he have to do with BLM? I, now, that part I'm not understanding. Um we might need to do this again because we're running out of time for this week's program. Um, but the Las Vegas shooter, technically, 
allegedly his his first target was meant to be the rap show that was the week prior to. And uh, yes, exactly. Black Lives Matter and Antifa are terrorist organizations. But see, again, this is when we become, we start to look deeper than what we think that we know. And Eugene writes, wait, was the white man who shot both senators in Las Vegas? And let me go back to the Las Vegas shooting, because according to Kim and claim ties to those, according to whom? I didn't hear that. Um, why would, well, I know that the Vegas shooter, allegedly, he was planning on doing, shooting up the the concert the week before, which was a rap concert. He was planning on shooting up that concert, but he couldn't get a room at the hotel. So that's why he moved on to the next week for whatever reason. So let's just pretend that they did not find a tea for material in the hotel room. We only know what they are telling us. They can make anything out to keep this war going on. They could find anything. You could find everything from the conservatives' uh, news journal in my house to the liberal whatever, or you could find something else. You can find all of that in my home. That does not mean that it's necessarily tied to whatever my beliefs are or what I do. I like to have to read up on sides of everything but if you take that las vegas shooter that was not his intended target the target the target was the rap concert the week prior to we can do that on both sides of the protest those people carrying the tiki torches in charlottesville didn't look like a lot of people so but see, now we're getting to that point where we're going off on the wrong tangent here, and we are running out of time for this week because this is a two-hour show. Um, but again, if you all would like to continue this at another time, we certainly can. But um, we only have a few moments left in our program. So, oh, gosh, this has been a really good show. I want to thank you all for being here. Um Denial is a form of mental defense. I get it. We can do mental backflips to cover the criminal actions of the protesters. But which protesters are you talking about? Because we're about to get our three-minute warning in a second. But um, which protesters? Because you have the gentleman who shot at the audience. They finally found him who shot at the crowd. He was with the Tiki Torch people who were carrying the Confederate flag. Are you speaking about him? Because he's the one that brought the gun. The one that brought the gun to that rally. He's the one that shot into the audience. So we can say, we can go back and forth on this. And you could say, yeah, well, one of the BLMs did X, and then one of the the, the Confederate flag-carrying people carried the gun that actually pulled it out and fired into the audience. And the police stood there and let him do it. So, again, they finally arrested him maybe two weeks ago. So, again, we can go back and forth, but, again, that's not solving the problem. You're going to have people who are going to be antagonists on both ends of it. You're going to have the trouble starters on both sides of it. But you also have good people who had 
messages that we're not understanding. We could get into the kneeling. And so many people said they're kneeling for the anthem. It's never been about the national anthem. They were kneeling during the national anthem. They were not kneeling against the national anthem. There's a difference. So, again, this is when I say eyes wide open instead of eyes wide shut, allowing the society to um, and media to give us what they want us to know in the twisted truth. We have to go deeper than that. So, again, we're about getting ready to go down to our three-minute warning here. And um, let's forget it since the chat is now engaging in personal attacks. Well, the show is about to be over again. As I said, um, we're all entitled to our opinions. Um, We can agree to disagree, and it's where we're ending it, and it's just a show that we're all humans and we have it like this, but this is a show that we need to continue at another time. But um, before we go, as always, I pray each and every one of you enough. I pray enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. I pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. I pray you enough smiles to turn the frown that you've been carrying around upside down. But most of all, I pray you enough strength and courage to face whatever may be knocking at your door or coming your way from this very moment and beyond. So until next time, I want to thank all of our guests today for an engaging conversation. Next week's program is all about dying in debt. And so many people may think that it's automatically talking about money and all of that, but debt comes in different forms, debts that we owe ourselves in life, debts that we owe ourselves to be happy, things that we need to come clean about, things that we need to get off of our spirits and soul. That's the type of debt that we'll be talking about. So next week's session is all about dying in debt. Hope to see you here again at 8 a.m. Eastern Time U.S. for another session of the Sunday Morning Inspiration Show with me, C. Maria Wall. And just remember, when I say uh, I am Yashiro at our ground zero, ground zero does not mean that we're at rock bottom. It simply means that we are on solid ground and we can dig our foot in to move forward. I want to thank all of our guests today. Simon from the UK. Vorpal, thank you for being here as well. Uh, Jean, as always, thank you. Guest number three, thank you for being here. And all of our guests over in our call query, thank you for being here today. Uh, we will be back here again next week. Hope to see you all again for a different topic and subject. This has been a very enlightening conversation today. And um, y'all have our points of views, but I'm glad that um, we were able to talk it out. And again, we may uh, pick this topic up again at a later date, but we have about 10 seconds left or so. Thank you all for being here. Have a wonderful, wonderful remainder of your week. And I hope to see you again soon. Thanks, everyone. Be well. Why do I keep 